Hey, tennis fans, you are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. And thank you to 10XTO, the official athletic club of Matchpoint Canada, for this day four episode from the grounds of the National Bank Open presented by Rogers. I'm Ben Lewis, joined alongside Mike McIntyre. And uh, Mike, it's almost like we've hit the halfway point of the tournament because uh, we have the round of 16. We saw a farewell match from Serena Williams on center court, electric atmosphere saying goodbye to the legend and Bianca Andreescu the last Canadian it's hard for me to remember a um, a night like this a day like this so early in the tournament with as much electricity as what we had on the grounds of the National Bank open today and the big reason behind that was Serena's big announcement that she would be retiring imminently we don't know exactly when but imminently and there were extra media, there were camera crews, there was a helicopter circling the practice courts overhead this afternoon just hoping to get a glimpse of her last practice from, from up at top. And, um, and there were a lot of, of fans uh, on the grounds today. There was a sold-out night session. The day session was packed yeah. as well. It just really felt like uh, a day that was much deeper in a tournament draw than, uh, than what it actually was, in fact. Yeah, and I think normally if we were talking years ago about a Benchich versus Serena Williams clash, I mean, when they played here seven years ago, it was big semifinal. time semifinal. Yeah, I mean, that, that could have been a final, and people would have been like, wow, we got lucky with that one, right? And I feel like there's a lot of second-round matches that we saw today where people also would have said, wow, that would have made a great final, like Elena Rybakina, the Wimbledon champion, up against Coco Goff on the grandstand that went nearly three hours uh, before yeah. the Young American prevailed, that would have made a great final. So we've been spoiled. Tennis okay. fans have been spoiled. We hope it continues. It should continue because, in theory, it's only going to get better. Yeah, the uh, the roster has been stacked. We knew coming in, 19 of the top 20 players, some playing particularly well, and some surprises. And I, I, for this episode, had a chance to speak to one of our surprise performers who's into the round of 16, Kazakhstan's Yulia Putin-Seva, who I must say, I think we can call this an exclusive interview because it's pretty rare that you get to, to chat. You know what, I wouldn't Yulia. have thought that a Putin-Seva interview was so exclusive until we saw the reaction from the WTA staff to us getting this interview who were like, wow, she yeah. hasn't done an interview in like the last eight years. And, and you got this one, which is fantastic. And I guess we got to give a bit of a shout out to our friend, friend of the podcast and Canadian coach, Rob Steckley, who, although he doesn't coach Pudenseva, has been working with her exclusively since she's been here in Toronto. And she got here well before even qualifying weekend. She was here midweek last week preparing with him. Yep. And I guess that goes to show, hey, if you can get to a tournament early and acclimatize yourself to the surroundings, the courts, the tennis balls, all that kind of stuff, Obviously, things are working out well because she took out a, a, a big name today, even though one who couldn't complete the match on her own terms. Yeah, big, big time upset win, taking out Spain's Paula Bedosa. We were courtside for that match, and Putin Seva was playing some unbelievable tennis. I wanted to know a little bit more about her and uh, the term I used to describe her, feisty. Uh, she took out the Canadian Catherine Sebov early in this tournament as well. I saw the intensity that she has. She plays with a lot of emotion. We got into that, learned a bit more about her and her family. So here's my conversation with Yulia Putin-Seva. 
You are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. Happy to be welcomed by Yulia Putin-Seva. Uh, thanks so much for, for taking the time to chat with me. And uh, firstly, just uh, your impressions of our city here in Toronto. You're playing some great tennis here. Uh, do you like coming to Canada? Uh, yeah, actually, I do love coming to Canada. I came early this year because I had some um, issue with the visa. Uh, I decided not to... Uh, take so much headache with it because you see with this situation like it's difficult right now with the COVID I and mean, everything to get it so I came one week before uh, because I had visa so uh, yeah just to enjoy a bit of Toronto to prepare on, um, on these quick courts and uh, yeah I just love being here yeah, and obviously coming uh, coming early seems to have suited you well. A couple great wins, including yep. a victory over Paula Badosa. Um, how are you feeling about your game? It looks like you're playing some really confident tennis. Yeah, today I played uh, very well, actually. And uh, I was ready since the beginning from the first point. I was there trying to get her on the move, trying to get her run and uh, do stuff. So... Yeah, I think I did great today, and I'm very happy with my level. That's great. Uh, I watched it courtside. It was really impressive. Um, you're impressive in how intense you are on the court, I oh, must say. You. like, <laughs> Yeah, I, the word I, I use to describe it is feisty. It, it looks like you're kind of locked in every point, every ball. H have you always competed that way? Uh, yeah, for sure. Since I was a kid, I was, um, yeah, I was uh, pretty, um, how do you say, feisty? Yeah, yeah, yeah feisty. feisty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Does that, and does that extend beyond tennis? Is it just tennis? Or if, if we're playing like a game of chess, are you like just as locked in? Um, I think I would be more calm, definitely. Well, but yeah. <laughs> um, I would be, I would really love to, win you know i love uh, winning even if we play cards or whatever okay. but um you know i'm uh, probably less disappointed if i'm losing <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. in general yeah i love um competitive uh, things like games and stuff so um yeah competitive kind of person kind of person that's great. Uh, was was your family an athletic family as well? Yeah, all my family is uh, in sport. My brother was playing ice hockey actually, oh, nice. and yeah, he was playing in one of uh, the team in Halifax. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the juniors, team? Juniors, uh, Mooseheads. The Halifax Mooseheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, great. He was he was there, and my father was doing judo, and uh, my mom she was um, kayak sport. Mm -hmm. uh, Yes, all my family is athletic. What, what, at what point did I guess you decide like tennis is the one for you? I have no idea. I think my parents decided for me since okay. I was born. My father was watching like all those uh, superstars. He is um, uh, Kurnikova and, and others. And then he decided like, oh, my daughter is going to play tennis. They tried uh, the same with my brother, but he didn't like it, and they put him in a ice hockey. But okay. <laughs> nice. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask you. I mean, we've been getting reaction uh, from fans around the grounds and players just about Serena Williams. Uh, yeah. She announced she's going to be retiring, yeah. likely after the U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, it's her last time here. Uh, was Was she someone maybe you watched before you were arriving on, on tour, and and someone maybe uh, you looked up to in this game? No, of course, Serena is a legend. 
like uh, it's uh, it was great having her here uh, especially in I mean I play a couple of matches uh, with her and never beated her uh, but um, I always uh, tried my best I won a set once and uh, I think she she had a really really good career she's uh, the best uh, of the best in the world and uh i wish only the best to her and i hope that she will i think whatever she do now she will be in the best <laughs> anyway <laughs> definitely definitely um for you at, at this stage of your career it feels like maybe maybe the midpoint is that accurate i mean you've been on the tour for a while yeah. you've had some great sort of results at slams yeah. reaching quarterfinals yeah uh, what are your goals in this stage do you, do you kind of set bigger goals or is it more like a day-by-day process uh, I said bigger, bigger goals, of course, um, but I'm going day by day, you know, I'm just enjoying myself being on a court sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes i saw a lot of different different yeah, emotions yeah. when i watch you so well yeah i'm full of emotions yeah. and uh, no i mean uh, i love the process not the training process but the matching <laughs> process yeah yeah and That's i'm great. just uh, i'm trying to do my best every day and uh, yeah i'm trying to uh, build something uh, bigger better and uh, yeah like you said i'm in the middle of my career probably and uh, i'm i'm not thinking about it this way i'm just thinking that i have experience now i know pretty much all the players and i'm just trying to to do my best every day a few more questions for you. I, I want to just touch on the emotions again, because depending on the player, uh, I think uh, channeling, having a lot of emotion on court, it seems like for certain people, it helps them. For certain people, it's it's a negative. And it seems to help you, even, even in tough moments when you get frustrated, you're down. How do you sort of use those emotions to, to help you in a tennis match? I think it, it comes with experience. Um, I just know now more when i have to concentrate and uh, when i can just let it go you know like scream something or say something and then focus again or when i have to like really um be more in the game and not saying anything and uh yeah i'm just trying to 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 focus on each and every ball no, no matter on my emotions <laughs> that's what uh, helps the most and uh you represent Kazakhstan. Yep. We had uh, Elena Rybakina, who also represents Kazakhstan, yep. winning Wimbledon. Yep. You had a, a lot of conversations with her, and and uh, was it inspiring to see to see someone? Uh, uh, yeah, you know? absolutely. I'm very happy for her. I'm happy for Kazakhstan because it's a big achievement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was. Um, yeah, she did a great thing, winning a Wimbledon. It's in a minute. What can be better? Yeah, just, <laughs> just incredible. Yeah, for our country, I think it's great for uh, future generation to see someone like Lena, uh, no emotions, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> She's the opposite of you. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> but we, um, I mean... Um, I mean, she is great. She was playing really good tennis. She deserves to win, and uh, I really hope that uh, we can uh, play... I mean, both a bit longer. She uh, she can reach some other goals now in uh, her career because she, um, I mean, after winning Wimbledon, there is uh, other things, and I mm-hmm. hope that she can find the motivation right now to do better. 
than this and um, yeah just wish her the best that that's great if you don't mind wrapping with a few fun questions we do we do this with some of our players they're called rapid fire questions just to get to know you a little bit better let's try okay <laughs> uh nice and easy to start would you call yourself a morning or a night person night night okay all right so you prefer a would you prefer a night match over a day match uh, night okay all right. Um, so I see you're drinking tea, actually. Is it is it always tea or is it coffee in the no, morning? No, coffee. Uh, I'm actually a big coffee fan. I'm just trying not to drink it too much. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Superpower? Invisible. Invisible. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Especially if you could use it on the tennis court, it would be really yeah. effective, right? They don't know where to hit the ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Um, okay, what else? Um, who's someone who really inspires you? Um, like, in which sort of way, you mean? Uh, just, just even as a person. Um, I have to think about it. I never thought... Um, I never thought about it. Oh, okay. It could <laughs> be uh, like a fellow athlete, maybe. Um, I'm a big Eminem fan. Oh, Eminem. Yeah. That's really cool. So okay. I would say Eminem then. <laughs> All right. Well, a follow-up to that. If there's anybody in the world uh, you could meet, who would it be? Oh, Eminem for okay. sure. Okay, Eminem. All right. Yeah. Nice, nice. So uh, if you're going uh, before a match, do you listen to music? Yeah. And do you listen to Eminem? <laughs> you okay. got the point i got the point okay and uh what's what's your post-match routine look like i would stretch uh, eat and chill you know nothing like crazy okay it depends on the match though <laughs> <laughs> nice all right uh restaurant or order in restaurant okay all right well Yulia, thanks so much uh, for stopping by, taking no some worries. time to appear on the Thank podcast. You. We appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. There you have it. Uh, my chat with Yulia Putin-Seva. Very fascinating. Her brother once played for the Halifax you, Mooseheads, which is very You cool told me this just moments before we started recording, and my eyebrows went up like, <laughs> yeah. what, really? Okay, I, I didn't expect that one. So that was an interesting tidbit that you were able to uh, extract from that conversation. And uh, I got to say, I was... A little bit concerned for her when she struggled so much against Seabov in the opening round. Not a diss to our Canadian player, right. but a wild no, card tough you one. wouldn't expect to put up that big of a fight. And then all of a sudden you're up against one of the top five players in the world, someone who in particular last year in 2021 was just lights out on the WTA Tour. And before the withdrawal, before the retirement in that first set, I didn't see anything wrong with Bedosa from what I was seeing from my vantage point up top of the court. But I was very impressed with Putin Seva's play and how crafty. You said feisty, and for me, I, if I had to pick a word, it would be crafty and just the, the variety that she was throwing in there. Uh, but she was feisty as well, really pumping herself up between some of those big points, break points, and, uh, and willing herself because she was down in that first set uh, and got, got back yeah. into it. And I was That's just right. so impressed with that mental fortitude uh, watching her match today. Yeah, and I think she channels those emotions in the right way. She gets frustrated. Sometimes she'll she'll smack the racket on the ground in anger, but I think for her, she needs to let it out when she's frustrated, and she has to be pumped up when she wins those big points. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of noticed, I will say, Bedosa, she looked a little physically weary to me at about four or five in the first set. She held for five all, but it looked like See, quite not a being struggle. a conditioned tennis player like yourself, I don't pick up on these things. <laughs> and uh, oh, by the way, this is just reminding me, we have to talk about our fastest serve competition. But not right now. We'll leave that for, we'll let that linger yeah, for yeah. later. I do want to mention um, about Putin Seva. 
the draw is opening up nicely for her as she's going to face uh, Allison Risk in the next round, which is definitely a match that's, you know, at the very worst, a 50-50. And beyond that, Jessica Pagula, who hasn't been as strong lately, or Camila Georgie, who won the event a year ago, but hasn't backed that up with a result nearly as tangible as that. So I think things are looking good for Putin Seva. I spoke to Rob Steckley this afternoon, and he said, Mike, can you please tag me in some pictures with Julia today? Because I got to leave the tournament tomorrow. He's heading out west to Vancouver with Canadian players ah. Kayla Cross and Victoria Maboko to uh, help them Very out cool. there. That's his primary focus. And he feels really bad. So, Rob, if you're listening, don't feel bad. We're going to put you out there in those pictures. We're going to tag you in those pictures. <laughs> but I did say to him, what if Yulia goes on and wins this event and you're not here now? You know, And he has all the belief that she's yeah. able to, uh, to go on a deep run. Yeah, and look, she, she's put up big uh, Grand Slam results in the past. Two quarterfinals at French Open. She was in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open two years ago, and that's just around the corner. So uh, she's capable uh, of amazing tennis, someone to definitely keep your eye on. Uh, you're listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. And next, I mean, we talked about her a lot on the Day 3 episode, but this was the official farewell to Serena Williams, who took on Belinda Bencic. If you haven't already listened to that interview from our day three episode had the conversation with belinda uh, she advances past serena williams with a clean six two six four victory uh just your overall thoughts on the match and maybe the send-off well the match went the way i think most of us probably expected it would go as much as we wanted to see a three-set match as much as we wanted to see you know something that resembled anything close to vintage serena williams realistically speaking as you and i have mentioned this week that's too big of an ask for anyone even the great serena williams given how much she's missed over the past year or so uh so six two six four to benchage the second set was a little bit more competitive i felt in the first set serena was sending a lot of balls long and having trouble finding that back line of the court um and benchage was just looking so on point didn't have to do anything super exceptional or amazing but was just doing and taking care of her game the way she expect we expected that she would uh the crowd was behind serena but there's only so much the crowd can do from their seats it, it was kind of to me a little bit sad watching such a great champion not be able to kick it into that next gear through no fault of her own given what she's missed no, I felt like we saw, we certainly saw glimpses. We saw some big aces. We saw moments where she did get fired up. Uh, I thought she started the second set really well. After she lost the first 6-2, you could see she ramped up it was the three, intensity. 3-3 three for a while there in that second set. I, I was thinking, and, oh, maybe yeah, she can get she it, like, to with a tiebreak or something and rely on the serve. Right. I, I will say, like, I, I talk a lot about Belinda Bencic and her backhand because I think it's maybe the best on the tour in terms of two-handed backhands. Fabulous. She played it so well. But her serve is very underrated. And uh, she didn't get broken this entire match. She had a few key aces at key times and just sort of had Serena on the back foot in those And, and I want to say kudos to Bencic at the end of the match. Uh, they went for the handshake and then Bencic, they, they, they yeah. hugged. And Bencic started yep. her post-match on-court interview and then kind of stepped away. And I had noticed Carl Hale was over talking to Serena, Carl Hale, tournament director, for those who aren't familiar. 
and I think saying, hey, could we give you a bit of a send-off here? Would you mind sticking around? And Serena did stick around, and Benchic stepped yeah. back, but stayed on the court, which I thought was a classy move, while Serena gave mm-hmm. some parting comments to the crowd in Toronto who were just, you know, it was ovation after ovation. Serena got a little bit emotional as well. She did. And I don't doubt it. I mean, she just revealed this big announcement, like, just over 24 hours ago, first time that a huge crowd has been able to then acknowledge her for that announcement. And uh, and Carl Hale in the tournament put, put together a nice little send-off, too, with some Toronto paraphernalia, Raptors jersey, yep. Maple Leafs uh, paraphernalia, some flowers, a painting, I believe. Um, but it was it was touching, and um, yeah, I'm still processing seeing her go for the last time here in Canada. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, really well done, uh, as you said. And for Serena, probably the last 24 hours plus were just a whirlwind of emotions. I was impressed she was kind of containing it for, for a while there. She said, I'm terrible at goodbyes, so goodbye, Toronto. But uh, kind of that, that cute moment there. I know you wanted to see her impress afterwards. It did cross my mind, though, that after she lost and given, I, I think, maybe what she was feeling, she was probably wanting to dodge the pressure. Yeah, look, I know I'm not the only person that wanted to see her impressed. There were a ton of media here that we don't normally see at a tennis tournament that suddenly popped up from national media in Canada and local uh, media in the city of Toronto, you know, Canada's biggest city, obviously. And so for them to all come in here and then not even get the opportunity to listen to even a brief press conference where... Hey, you know yeah, what? Could I'm going to keep my short. answers short, and that's about all I got today, and tell the handlers, hey, like five questions max or something like that. So I agree. I wasn't shocked that she didn't do it, but I was I was disappointed that for your, your last stop in Canada, uh, you know, as part of the job, and, and given all you've done for the sport and all that Canadian media has invested, you know, as well promoting you and the sport of tennis over this time, it's too bad that we didn't get that chance to ask at least a few questions to get into things. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Maybe she felt she would be too emotional in the moment. I'm sure we will get those press conferences. Certainly at the U.S. Open has to happen. I mean, how many questions lose. did you did you have any before? Because all day long I've been thinking like, okay, realistically, there's going to be a lot of press in there. I know I'll get one, but I'm not going to get two. Even though I've got like yeah. 10 questions I'd love to ask her, what is that one question that I'm going to ask? And uh, I, I don't know, did you go through a similar process or... I had the thought of asking a question. I must say, I'm nervous to ask Serena a question when she's okay, lost. That's fair. I mean, I I feel a little <laughs> uncomfortable asking any athlete in that sort of setting a question, yeah. knowing what they've gone through and knowing you're probably not going to get exactly what you want out of it. So I can totally relate to that. Right. Especially when you're yeah. talking to like the greatest player ever who we're never going to see again, like, and in a loss. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I was thinking about it, and my question was going to be something along the lines of now that you've made the announcement, uh, how does it feel to get that off your shoulders? How does it feel now that that that's, is that's good. out there? Obviously, you've had this set for some time to have the Vogue article and everything ready to drop at this point of the year in, in the middle of August. How does it feel to get that out there now that you've shared it? Do you feel better? Do you feel, you know, any any regret or second guesses? Um, I'll never get to ask that question. <laughs> well, maybe someone else will will ask that one. I'm not sure. Uh, that's a good question, though. I like it. Second night match uh, for the Wednesday was yeah, Bianca Andreescu against. <laughs> right, what a lineup uh, that Bianca's taking the second night match. People absolutely stuck around for this one. It was a full stadium still. Uh, Bianca against Elise Cornet. 
challenging three-set match. For me, less challenging, though, than her first-round victory. I didn't see any sort of physical issues. I didn't see the overwhelming stress or kind of adrenaline too much up uh, that we had against Daria Kasakina. I thought she played a good match. A little blip in the second. Cornet is a smart, intelligent player. I knew she would give her a fight, but a good yeah, It's win funny how you say that, but I agree with you. How the Kasakina win, even though it was two sets, seemed like way more of a struggle than this three-set win over Cornet. Yeah. And it lacked the drama, and that's probably a good thing. Although when Bianca left the court after the first set, I was thinking, oh, why are you leaving? Just keep going. Just finish it. Um, and uh, you know what really impressed me in this one was the rallies, the length of the rallies. It was a two-hour and 43-minute match. And in particular, their backhand-to-backhand rallies were so impressive to me. It was a, a physical match. It was a uh, intense match, and you saw... Great things from both players in this one. Yeah, I, I thought both played well. Uh, Cornet, I believe, was 2-0 against Bianca in the head-to-head going in. So sometimes that can weigh on you as a player, even if Bianca was definitely confident coming here. She thinks she's playing well and a good Yeah, well, what did Bianca say it's, in her first-round press conference about facing Cornet? Yeah, she's like, I haven't and beaten her said, before. And she said, yeah, the like, last time we played, she whooped my... <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm sure... There were some jitters uh, when you're facing someone you haven't beaten before in a pro match. Uh, but she gets that win under her belt against Cornet, advances. And I think the draw has certainly opened up for her as well, not to say that she wouldn't be able to make a run At anyway, least in the next match. On, absolutely. Yeah, ex- exactly. Anjabur, unfortunately, uh, she deals with an injury as well, uh, ret- uh, retires mid-match against uh, Zhang Kinwen. So it will be uh, the Chinese player Zhang Kinwen. Quite a talent. She took out Rebecca Marino in a tough three-setter to start this tournament. Bianca will get her um, likely in the night session again uh, for Thursday. She's the last uh, Canadian yeah, standing Yeah, and she'll be undoubtedly, I would guess, the one to open the night session. Like, Bianca's only taking a back yeah. seat if Serena Williams is, is starting the night, so we won't <laughs> see that again. She'll be That's the headliner, right. which is uh, which is great, and the last Canadian standing. And let's talk uh, a little bit about Leilani Fernandez, the other Canadian who was in the draw, who uh, who did not progress, unfortunately, did not make it out of her match and, and couldn't push it even to a third set. Lost in doubles as well, so her National Bank Open is over. But given the fact she'd been away for two and a half months, I think there's some positives to take from this. Yeah, we probably had to temper our expectations when you're playing your first tournament post uh, post French Open, which has been a while, and post injury coming back from a foot fracture, which is not like that's a serious injury. It's not it's something not a scratch. Small. It's not that's a strain. Right. You know, not a scratch at all. I, I know for for weeks she couldn't get on the court and hit. So uh, that she was out here playing, playing singles and doubles, tells you her fitness is there. She probably needs more match play, and I think. If you look back at that first match against Sanders, I think she won without playing her best tennis, and she required a higher level today against Haddad Maya and just never yeah, found it. Yeah, that first-round match, I mean, the gap in ranking between Leila Annie and her opponent, Storm Sanders, was significant, and still she yeah. was kind of pushed in that one, right? So, And unsurprisingly. Yeah, so, look, she got more match play in the sense that she got some doubles in there too, two doubles matches, so that's, that's good, I guess. I was questioning why play the singles and the doubles, but now that her tournament is over, I suppose it's a positive thing that she got a little bit extra through those two you know, different venues. Um, off to Cincinnati, then the U.S. Open, a big U.S. Open for her in terms of the points that she's going to be defending. 
I don't think anyone expects Leila Annie Fernandez to get back to the finals. Uh, to me, if she makes the second week, that's a, a huge uh, you know, boost, especially given the time she's missed. I think realistically, maybe like a third round kind of showing, perhaps. And I hope she's not too disappointed with that, given the fact that you know she's been away for all this time. So, uh, And I hope those around her also are cognizant of the fact that she hasn't been around you know, for all that time, too. I don't think when you're 19 years old, losing ranking points is that big of a deal. You've got so much time ahead of you. Look at players like Amanda Anisimova, who made it deep at the French yeah. Open years ago and then yeah, had a bit point. of a dip, right? Obviously, she went through some personal struggles, too. But what I'm saying is there's so much time. Let's not jump on her if things don't go to plan here. Uh, you look at who she faced in the finals and lost to at the U.S. Open last year, Emma Raducanu, and how much negative press she receives. My goodness, I would not want to be Emma Raducanu under any circumstance, even with that U.S. Open win, just because of what she's had to deal with since then. Yeah, I was just thinking of Emma, and because you mentioned ranking points and pressure of maybe defending, there's going to be a lot on her shoulders at the U.S. Open. I, I hope that doesn't stress her out. Uh, for Layla, I'm I'm going to watch and see what she looks like in Cincinnati and kind of gauge what I think she's maybe, maybe capable at Flushing Meadows. Uh, so she'll get that one tournament uh, before she heads to the U.S. Open. We do have another Canadian, Gabby Dabrowski, in doubles. She advanced with Juliana almost 7-5-6-3 over uh, Asia Mohammed and Ina Shibahara. So they're on to the quarterfinals. Uh, Gabby defending champion in Montreal. And you know what's year. funny to me is that they're advancing to the quarterfinals, but they've only played one match in the tournament. And you always got to remind <laughs> yeah, yourself it's draw. a smaller draw in doubles. And then they yeah. got the bye, of course, because they're one of the top seeds. Um, the only thing that ruffled my feathers a little bit, uh, you know, with Gabby was that she was on court four today. And you think for our premier doubles player, our defending champion doubles player, and one who's, you know, won Grand Slams before, that there could have been a place of a little bit more prominence, perhaps. But that being yeah. said, look, we also had Arena Sabalenka play on court four today in singles, and she's one of the top singles players in the world, too. So when you have a draw this deep and you've got, obviously, center court, uh, I'm not saying I expected Gabby to be on center court, given Serena and Bianca. And, and whatnot. But yep. yeah, I, I don't know. That's my, my little tiny critique there, I suppose, if I could throw one in. Um, but otherwise, yeah. there were some great matches today. And um, my goodness, Simona Halep to me is looking on point and dialed in. I think we we're both. Uh both in strong agreement there that we feel like Halep could certainly make a run at this title, uh, which she's won twice. And she's in the bottom half of the draw, which to me is maybe lighter. Granted, that quarterfinal, if she beats Jill Teichman, and to me, Halep is the big favorite in that match, could be very intriguing because we have Sabalenka Goff coming up. Winner of that would get... Halep I'm so Teichman. stoked. I'm leaning. I'm leaning Halep. So I mean, that's a great match. I think. I'm so Goff, stoked for uh, Goff against Sabalenka. My she goodness. Was, yeah, I, I know Goff was putting on a show against Rybakina. I know that match was fantastic. There's there's others in this lineup that are very good. I think Camila Georgie's playing really good tennis. She's defending all the points from winning in Montreal. She gets Pagula next, and then Zachary Pliskova is a pretty good match. I think everywhere you look, everywhere you look, it's outstanding. Yeah. And uh, I. <laughs> Muguru, Muguru, the I just want to say, like, to me, the one who caught my eye the most today at the National Bank Open was Coco Goff. Hadn't seen her. I mean, I've seen her practice in person, uh, seen a bit of her match the other day. But 
to see, I watched a good chunk of that one against Rabakina because holy smokes, a second round match between those two. Wimbledon champ against, come on, future yeah, grand, grand Slam champion. I feel like with Goff, her athleticism is off the charts. I was taking pictures of that match and it made me want to be a professional sports photographer just because every picture with her is this crazy stretch or move or hustle to get to the ball. Some players I'm yeah. taking pictures of, and it's like, eh, forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, all pretty standard. They all look the same. Every one of her points yeah. looks absolutely different out there because of what she's doing on court. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think she's one of the best athletes on the tour already, which is scary because she's 18, still a teenager. Right? Yeah. yeah, she's she's capable of so, so much. I love those matchups, too, when you have like a massive hard hitter the like Rybakina. And then... The contrast in someone who can defend the court as well as Coco. Can Rabakina hit through her or not? And uh, Goff coming through 7-6 in the third doesn't it get much It was a very long match, and I, I've been trying to get a one-on-one -on -one with Coco as I did last year when she was in Montreal, and so far it hasn't happened. Yeah. But uh, today the WTA said to me she politely declined, and I've never heard that comment before, but I believe it. I can see it like Coco be like, I'm exhausted. It was nearly a three-hour match. Can you just please? I'm sorry, I can't today. And I get it, and I yeah. feel it, and I buy it. So there's that. Yeah, that's that's very fair. I just want to briefly mention Iga Spiontek cruising past Tomjanovic in straight sets. She also has a 20-match winning streak on hard court, which I learned today. So I know the 37-match winning yep. streak doesn't exist, but she's won 20 straight on hard, and she's still my favorite to win this title. She'll get uh, Beatrice Adadmaya and be a huge yeah. favorite, I think, in that match. Um, that's about all for me. For Okay, uh, well, I got a couple things to mention before we go. Let's start with the not okay. serious, then we'll go with the serious. The not serious is today someone yeah. approached me and said, hey, can you come out to the fastest serve booth with me and take a video because I didn't quite crack 100 miles per hour and, and I want it. Oh, and that person was you. That was you, Ben. That was me, uh, and we have a reel up right now. Oh, did you put it there? Of, I, I posted uh, the video of me. We you didn't video post the video of, of me, can did we, you? <laughs> no, but can we get that up there at some point? No, no, can we can we only get that, get up, that there up there if I get another couple of cracks at it. Because uh, All right. look, I was watching okay. the matches tonight with a friend of mine who I sometimes play singles and and um, and doubles with, and he mentioned to me how bad my serve is. So and and it's true, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's the worst part of my game. So for me to be out there in public and even try my fastest serve. That was a big step. I thought you that did. I thought you did okay. I hadn't warmed up, and at yeah. my age, Ben, I'm like a little bit older than you. Okay, with no stretching, <laughs> no warm up, and and not a lot of like heads up on that one. That's what. That's as good as you're gonna get from me. I clocked what 73 miles per hour, which is I think I translated that to like 115 kilometers per hour. Okay. And you, of okay. course, you did hit your hundred mile an hour. You got 102. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, we had the question on the reel, if you haven't watched it. Did Ben crack oh, over gave 100 oh, or okay. not? Okay. Well, that's okay. Maybe they'll watch right. the reel I'm before they the hear this. After, but don't, you have no permission <laughs> to put my reel up until I get a few more attempts out there. But it was fun. Fine. I had a good time. I didn't dislocate my soldier. Yeah. Uh, my, sho my, my shoulder. Uh, so I soldiered mm -hmm. on. And, um, and I will try again this week. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, great. We'll both try again. I'll try for uh, 105 will be my goal and let maybe okay, 75. Thank you. I'll go for a two mile per hour improvement. Thank you. Yeah, all right, great. Perfect, hey, perfect. You now my serious, serious note, too, which right? is uh, a good friend of the podcast and uh, really the voice of uh, tennis reporting in Canada for the past 25 plus years, 30 plus years. Tom Tebbett was inducted into the Tennis Canada Hall of Fame on uh, Tuesday night in Montreal 
I wish we could have been there, but that is his hometown, so it makes sense that it was held there. And I uh, just couldn't think of anyone more deserving. I've been sending messages to Tennis Canada for at least the last five or six years saying, hey, next year, Tom, in the Hall of Fame. And I know there's many people yeah. that said that. He's well-loved, well-respected. He's someone who's been a mentor to many of us who work in this industry in Canada following uh, the tennis uh, world. And I just couldn't be happier for him. So, Tom, uh, I don't know if you're listening, but congratulations. We're super happy for you. Congratulations. And uh, read Mike's piece, if you haven't, on Tennis Canada. Nice tribute. I had to do it. Uh, I'm kind of like filling his seat for the writing this week, which is a huge honor. Yeah. And uh, I asked him, you know, for a little quote for the article. And of course, he said, I'm not really comfortable with the attention, which I get. So I took it upon myself (laughs) to just go ahead and 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 pen my tribute to him and uh you know he's been good to us and uh he's been good to many canadian tennis journalists and will continue to do so well there you go um that's our day four episode thank you again to 10xto the official athletic club of matchpoint canada guys we will talk to you tomorrow Do you like violence? Yeah, Wanna yeah, see yeah. me stick nine inch nails to each one of my eyelids?